Some people use their power and influence for self, but some use it to serve others. You know, we changed the whole story for that family and that community when we make these miracles happen. That's Executive Director of Illinois Transplant Fund, Kevin Smut. I'm your host, Monica Fox, kidney transplant recipient and Director of Outreach and Government Relations for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. On this episode of The Journey Continues, Kevin shares how his work has helped provide equitable access to organ transplants. And my colleague, Gerardo Huerta, shares how grateful his family is for its support from the Illinois Transplant Fund. So Kevin, let's get right into it. What's the mission and purpose of the Illinois Transplant Fund? Well, Monica, back about seven, eight years ago, we became aware when I was CEO at Gift of Hope of a major problem in our community, and that was that our non-citizens could not access life-saving organ transplantation. And the reason was, unlike other medical procedures, when you get a transplant, you must be able to care for the precious gift of donation. You need immunosuppressive drugs, you need follow-up care, and transplant programs just can't ethically transplant someone that can't take care of themselves. And so, you know, the majority of our non-citizen population in Illinois uh, did not have the financial wherewithal to, to pay for that expensive care, and they didn't have access to any type of supported um, insurance like Medicare and Medicaid. Uh, and so um, we created the Illinois Transplant Fund to eliminate that healthcare inequity. And it's worked out pretty well because our non-citizens now have access to transplant just like everybody else in our state. And that's really, really important because organ donation and transplantation is a community project where everyone needs to participate. That is wonderful. And I agree with you. I mean, everyone should have access to transplant. It's a life-saving gift. And dialysis is another form of treatment for kidney patients, but it doesn't always work very well for everyone, as we know. But so what was your role when you started, uh, when the Illinois Transplant Fund started? So we were trying at the time, uh, we were trying to get some legislation passed to cover post-care and transplant for these patients. But um, due to some changes, we did actually pass some legislation, but due to changes in the administration and budget issues, that didn't work. Uh, But what we figured out was that we could get insurance policies for these patients. Um, Their only problem was they couldn't afford the premiums. And so Illinois Transplant Fund was formed to provide Uh, reimbursement of insurance premiums for these patients who are poor, live in our community, uh, need an organ transplant, and through the generous donations from hospitals around the community, individuals and others, we've been able to raise over the course of the last seven years over $3 million and transplant over 250 patients And really now, I think it's just a thing. In Illinois, there's equal access to transplant, whether you're a resident who's a citizen or happen to be not a citizen. That is fantastic. I love that. So, Gerardo, um, what's your connection to kidney disease? Well, my connection was right in the heart of my home because my wife, she was diagnosed with uh, kidney disease and everything comes to uh, a new 
challenge in our lives. Yes, the sudden diagnosis of kidney disease is life-changing for a whole family. You had explained to me previously that, that her diagnosis was fairly sudden, that she was suddenly diagnosed with high blood pressure that she didn't know she had. What did they say at that point about her kidney function? Well, when they, uh, in our first approach with a nephrologist, it was scary at the moment, right away, because I was expecting something wrong, but because when they send you with a specialist, you know something wrong. So unfortunately, she told us her GFR, it was uh, 21%. And she said, probably your wife going to have dialysis in six months. So it's time to send it to her to have a fistula surgery. So we did, and but this coming up faster than we expect. Two months later, my wife, she stopped by an emergency room to have emergency dialysis. So you stated that your wife's GFR was 21%, and GFR is the measure of kidney function. We all start off with 100% kidney function, and by the time your wife was diagnosed, her kidney function was down to 21%. That's pretty low. And they thought she'd survive for six months before needing dialysis, but that only lasted for two months. So that must have been scary to have to suddenly start on dialysis for her. Yes. My profession was a truck driver, and I was around Ohio. When she calls in, she barely can speak. And the most dangerous part was because the fistula wasn't ready to work, they have to make a surgery with catheter on a heart. And it was a double scary for us, for both of us. I still remember her sight when I opened the door of the hospital a day after. Yes. So because they had tried to prepare her for dialysis and a fistula is the safest access for a patient to use for dialysis, but that takes time to mature. And she was in need of dialysis before that matured, so she had to get an emergency catheter. And that's not always the safest way. So that's why you guys were scared, right? Yeah. According with well, the doctors, the catheter, it's harmful. Well, can be uh, uh, very bad for the heart because can be very susceptible to infections. And the heart couldn't resist infection. So it was one of the first scary moments on her new life with kidney disease. Yeah, and so you had, you guys faced lots of obstacles along the way as well. You mentioned, you know, the catheter being difficult on your wife's heart. But over time, you found that her veins were very small. That made for lots of difficulty with dialysis for her. That is correct. And I should say, even before we start dialysis, she has three major surgeries. One for the fistula, which never works. And they require to do a fistula on her right groin, which didn't work good. So they reoperate next day. And that put her on the hospital for a month and a half. Going through all of this, what were you doing? How were you trying to help her? In the beginning, when I learned we need to find any, any help, 
about kidney, about kidney disease. I have several times because I, while I'm driving, I was uh, listening a lot of information from all over the world, try to find what's the best way to cure or to maintain her in the best way possible. So I, I start looking for answers everywhere, even called one of my friends in Mexico who is a doctor, and he said, you know what? In Chicago, you have help, so call them. But it was really, really, really bad because my kids, by that time, they started just driving, and they, they didn't feel um, comfortable to take her to the uh, doctor visits and appointments. And I started working less than supposed to be work. I have working only three days a week just because she needs a lot of appointments to attend. So this is the difficult part. When a family of five members, only two are the one who have to deal with the whole thing. Yes, that's very difficult. So you began to educate yourself about kidney disease. And when did you learn about transplant? When I learned about transplant was every time when my wife was on dialysis three days a week for four hours. And when she comes into the car, even I have to pick her up in the door of the dialysis center to bring her in the car. To see her how it was struggling with dialysis, I started looking for more and more information about the transplant. So I make this call to National Kidney Foundation of Illinois, and they told me what to do. So I start doing the process. I call to this transplant center. They give us an appointment to evaluate her about the transplant. It's when I start looking for a transplant when I couldn't see my wife losing her health day by day. How she was um, losing her beautiful eyes shine or bright. It was very, very hard. I can imagine, I can hear the pain in your voice and the thought of watching your wife suffer was not something that was easy to deal with. So I know that you wanted to do everything that you could to save her. So what are some of the things that you did? After I learned everything about, well, not everything, because it's a lot of it's a lot of information to learn, I became to be more involved with people who have kidney disease. And I volunteered with National Kidney Foundation of Illinois to start looking for more and more information about that. And it's when I, I found this program who is in Spanish because she is struggling with the language, with English. And I bring her to see if somebody can answer some questions because I know she paid attention when I was talking to her about uh, uh, kidney disease, but she has her own questions. She didn't ask me because probably she thought I, I didn't do, I didn't know the right answer. For example, when we start talking about transplant and I asked my kids if they were able to do that for her mom and everybody said yes. And, and she said, obviously, as a mom, she said, no, I don't want to. 
I don't want to my kids suffer what I suffering now. And by that moment, I said, yeah, you're right. But in that program, we learn everybody can live with only one kidney. And we start looking for more and more information until I found this uh, volunteering with National Kidney Foundation. And I found all the answers where I was needed about the transplant also. And I'm sorry, but I had to say this. My wife, she was dealing by this time on dialysis. And on one hour visits, they found her heart was not working properly. She has to have valve replacement. The triacospic valve was damaged for dialysis treatment. So she got to be again in the hospital. After these five years, she went, she has 13 major surgeries and we count 72 times and she was ingressed to an emergency room in five years. Her kidney, I'm sorry, sorry to, my emotion sometimes is, isn't my lips, sorry about that. So all this process with the kidney disease for her was very, very bad. A lady weighing only 100 pounds and five, three, could you imagine be connected in those machines who take all your blood out and they put him back in dialysis. Obviously, her heart was damaged. I don't know if I said it was in that time I put myself on shape. I was doing a lot of exercise, so I lost 75 pounds. And when I back to the transplant center to say I'm ready, everybody got surprised because I lost so many pounds in a very short period of time. So that time my wife, she wasn't recovering for the surgery. They give us a period of six months of uh, recovering for think about again on a transplant. So awesome for you that you immersed yourself by becoming a volunteer at, at um, National Kidney Foundation of Illinois so that you could learn as much as you could. You lost weight to be able to help and be able to be considered a donor for your wife. That's just, all of that is just so wonderful. And I'm so proud to know you and, and to call you a friend. And so when you went to the transplant center to be evaluated, for your wife to be evaluated, is that when they shared the information about uh, the Illinois Transplant Fund with you? Yes. By that time, I, I already was learning. And I learned if I don't have any type of help after the transplant, Nobody can do a transplant with, if they don't have any resources to have, yes. So when I came to the first evaluation, the transplant team came in with five or six different people. And the last, the social worker came with us. Obviously, they knew my wife's situation by that time. So she couldn't have a, a health insurance. And they said, okay, we evaluate everything, your wife qualify for a transplant, but you, we need to do this application for Illinois Transplant Fund. And she explained us what that means, Illinois Transplant Fund, to help us out to pay premium for three years after the surgery, after the transplant, because the actual plan that we had ends a month or 20 days after the transplant. So we need another help. It's when I learned what 
ITF is doing for all the people who needs that support. So they submitted the application and then when you found out, how'd you find out that you were approved for the Illinois Transplant Fund support? The social worker told us, hey, you guys fill this application and pray for qualify. I said, you don't need to tell us that. We are praying since we are here. So they said, maybe we're going to have the answer in one, two weeks. So we're going to send you a letter or we call you. So we come back home happy because we apply. It's only a matter of time to know. And I remember perfectly that day when I came in from, actually from a, a kidney mobile screening where I was uh, volunteering. And I opened the mailbox and I start looking for the mail and I see the, that logo, the Illinois Transplant Fund with this Illinois shape with strips. I never forgot that logo in my life. I never going to forget that. So I come into the living room. I'm sorry. Take your time. I opened the letter and my kids went into in the dining room having dinner and my wife she was in the kitchen cooking and I was start reading the letter with ITF ITF was uh, approving approving her. Such an emotional time, such a happy time for your family. It's it's like you said, okay, I I don't want the lotto, the lottery, but it's something similar because now you know she has one opportunity to stay with us. Yeah. And she did. Months later, um, she has obviously another uh, complication with liver and we wait another period of time to until she recovers. And December the 25th, when she was on dialysis, well, in the morning we received a call. People who is on dialysis, they know all the time they call to say, hey, we have a potential donor for you. We are in touch. You'll be ready. So that happened this morning. Um, I mean, the, yes, the 24th, December 24th. And I was working and soon as she calls, I was uh, about to pick her up on dialysis and she calls that number before and she said, they call from the transplant center and they need us there. They have a potential donor. So we went to the transplant center and they admit, admitted her and I was asking, uh, so we want to have a transplant and everybody say, we don't know. Uh, the only thing that I can see is your wife are scheduled for surgery tomorrow at 10 a.m. I said, okay, but nobody gave us any answer, any nothing. I don't know if it works that way. And I remember perfectly having uh, our Christmas dinner in the room, in the hospital room with a sandwich, with a subway sandwich. And, but didn't care that, you know, as we are expecting with that happiness was coming. So the very next day, December 25th, we have the most beautiful present. It's the best gift ever on Christmas Day, the gift yes. of a kidney transplant and a new life for your wife, Rocio. 
What a, what a gift. Exactly. If, if for, I'm, I'm, we are Catholics. And, and that date means a lot for us. So we have a, the, the most incredible gift ever. And I should say, it was a lot of people behind all, all this. But ITF, I think they were the cherry on top. Because thanks to them, she is with us, celebrating and doing whatever she wants, she loves to do, which is to be outdoors, go camping, go walk in the outdoors. And now we are doing a lot of things as a family because we have the help from a lot of people out there, and especially for ITF and, and uh, I should say that to Kevin and his team who works very hard for people who he, he don't even know. But I gotta say that I'm gonna uh, live all my entire life saying thank you to every part of the ITA and especially to him. Thank you, Kevin. So Kevin, how does it make you feel to hear this story, the story of Gerardo and Rocio and their family and the major impact that this made on their life? Yeah, it's um it's incredible, really. You know, the 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 chance to help people like Rocio and Gerardo I can't I can't explain how it makes me feel because it's really it's a great feeling. And and this story this is not a unique story. All of our ITF families have similar stories. The average age of our patients is only 40 years. We've been on dialysis for eight years. And when they receive their transplant, it transforms the lives, not only of the recipient, but of the entire family. And that makes me feel really good because, you know, we changed the whole story for that family and that community when we make these miracles happen. And, and ITF is only a small part of this. You know, when you think about all of the people involved in making this transplant happen, the transplant professionals and the dialysis workers, and obviously the families of these patients, uh, it's really incredible. But the, the person obviously that is the very most important in this entire story is that donor family uh, and that organ donor. And someone made a decision, you know, Gerardo mentioned that, that ITF, we help people that we don't know, but we get a chance to meet them. Donor families rarely meet their recipients of the organs. Uh, and people make this incredible decision to donate their loved one's organs in the worst day of their lives so that stories like this can be told. To me, that's the ultimate miracle in all of this, really where all of our thanks belongs is with those awesome families that make this decision to uh, make transplantation happen. And that is absolutely true. And Gerardo expressed receiving that call that they had a kidney. And although he wanted to be a living donor for his wife, she did end up receiving a deceased donor kidney. They have pure gratitude um, for that family. But what Gerardo has expressed to me over the time that I've known him is that if not for ITF, 
opening the door, they would not have been eligible to receive that precious gift. And so that is really a true testament to what this program is doing. Like I said, when we started out, out helping to provide equitable access to organ transplants for people who are undocumented, and you stated that as well in the beginning, that is so important. This is such important work. And it's my understanding, you're very humble about it, but you were the mind behind this. You pushed to make sure that this happened. Well, it's, you know, I, I know a lot of people, Monica, and and uh, I have a lot of really smart friends, I guess. And, and so when, when we saw this need and we saw an opportunity to solve this problem in a creative way by creating a nonprofit organization, it really was just connecting smarter people than me to do a few things. So, you know, my friend who's an attorney was able to put the paperwork together to create the Illinois Transplant Fund. And my friends in the, in the transplant community were able to help me, you know, raise money to support these premiums. And I can't thank enough, you know, the people who've worked with me, first Brie Flores and now Catalina, who is just a spectacular coordinator for us, you know, works with all of these patients and, and helps them with all of their needs. Uh, it's really all of those people around that have supported ITF that have made it happen. We just, you know, I was lucky enough to be in a position to see an opportunity to help and then uh, have the resources around me to make that happen. And, and I really, I should also give a huge thank you to Gift of Hope because Gift of Hope does all of the work behind the scenes for ITF. So they're the ones who do all the accounting work and the ones who make the payments every month to 200 and some odd patients uh, around the state of Illinois. Uh, it's really that, that team that um, makes this all possible. That's fantastic. So what do you see for the future of the Illinois Transplant Fund? Yeah, so, you know, ITF was created because we couldn't quite get the legislature to do the right thing. Uh, and, and since we started ITF, it's always been my dream that we would be able to formalize this help in a way that it'll be permanent and not at the whim of people's generosity and contributions, although we've been successful. Uh, and so this past year, we were successful in passing some legislation in Illinois that allows the state of Illinois to pay for post-kidney transplant care for patients who don't have access to any other insurance. Uh, and so that's going to be about uh, three quarters of our ITF patients will qualify for the state benefit. Um, we're hoping that the rules around that and the eligibility for that new law will be in place by the end of this year. And that's going to allow us to take care of patients long term um, without co-pays and all the other stuff that goes with insurance and also allow ITF to focus on the other 25% of our patients who are either not eligible for the state benefit because they make a little bit more money or have other extra renal needs. So these are liver patients, lung patients. We've transplanted two patients recently, non-citizens who were victims of COVID and needed lung transplants. And we were able to support them and are continuing to support their needs. I'm very excited because ITF has a great future of continuing to support patients and we've got the state stepping in. Uh, and this is the only state in the country where our non-citizens have equal access to transplant. 
And I'm really particularly proud of that fact that, you know, Illinois has led the way in this, uh, first through the Illinois Transplant Fund and now through this new legislation. So I think the future is extremely bright. I think, you know, this is a great state to live in. When, when people talk about, you know, racial equity and healthcare equity, um, it's fine to talk about those things, but, you know, Illinois Transplant Fund and this legislative effort is doing something about it. And uh, I'm extremely proud of, of our accomplishments in that regard. I am very proud of that, too. That's definitely something to be proud of. Access to transplant for all people is incredibly important to me, too. And so I am grateful for all that you have done to make this happen, what the whole team at ITF and Gift of Hope has done in order to make this happen and the transplant centers and the whole community that work together to create this access here in Illinois. That is just phenomenal. And then my friend, my co-worker, Gerardo, uh, I am proud of you, uh, my friend, for immersing yourself, as I stated earlier, in within the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois as a volunteer and moving your way into working as an outreach coordinator so that every day you are helping other people in the Latino community, some of whom need access and information about access to transplant. And you're doing that every day. And I thank you for that, my friend, because that is such important work that you have taken your passion and turned it into purpose is really phenomenal. And I thank you for that. Well, and Monica, I need to give you a shout out in NKFI. You've been personally and NKFI as an organization have been great partners for ITF and Gift over the years and helping us with our legislative efforts and um, you know, helping us with our patients and the education that you all provide. And uh, I really look forward to continuing that relationship too. Well, that definitely will continue because there's so much work to do and together we can make it happen. Studies estimate that the uninsured receive less than 1% of all organs, but make up 20% of organ donors. Latinos are disproportionately affected by kidney disease and access to transplant should be available to all. For more information on equitable access to organ donation for undocumented individuals and the work that Kevin's doing with the Illinois Transplant Fund, visit IllinoisTransplantFund.org. At NKFI, prevention is a major part of our mission. That's why at the end of each episode, you will hear a nutrition tip. Here's Dr. Melissa Prest. Here's today's health tip on managing diabetes. Diabetes is one of the leading causes of chronic kidney disease. It's a condition where your body cannot make enough insulin or is unable to use the insulin that's made. Insulin is a hormone that's produced by the islet cells in your pancreas to regulate your blood glucose. Long-term or not well-controlled diabetes can damage small blood vessels, which limits your kidney's ability to clean your blood well. Diabetes is monitored by the ABCs. A stands for checking your hemoglobin A1C and having it treated if it's high. E stands for blood pressure. It's important to monitor and treat high blood pressure. And C stands for cholesterol. Monitor and treat high cholesterol. If you are someone living with diabetes, a lot of the day-to-day management of it is in your control. Here are 10 important ways you can make a big impact on your diabetes health. 
Make healthy food choices. Create a healthy meal plan or get the help of a registered dietitian to create a plan that's right for you. Be physically active and get an exercise to help control your blood pressure, blood sugar, and lower your cholesterol. Take all of your medications as prescribed. Keep a logbook with your blood sugar numbers and take that book to your doctor appointments. Watch for symptoms or changes in your health and communicate that with your healthcare team. If you're feeling overwhelmed or need more support, talk with your healthcare team to discuss options. Ask questions so that you feel confident in your ability to care for yourself. Talk with others who are living with diabetes and find support to help you. Get tested for chronic kidney disease at least once a year. Stay informed and keep learning so that you can manage your chronic health condition. With today's health tip, I'm Melissa Prest, a registered dietitian nutritionist and the foundation dietitian for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. The Journey Continues is brought to you by the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois and sponsored by Donate Life Illinois. To learn more about kidney disease and living donation, visit www.nkfi.org. To register to become an eye, tissue, and organ donor, visit lifegoeson.com. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe to and leave a review for The Journey Continues in Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. This podcast is produced by Rivet. To hear more great podcasts, visit rivet360.com.